Thank you for joining us for Light on the Path, an ongoing conversation designed to encourage you from the Word of God as you walk with Him. Please take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd also love to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship at Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Be sure to see the show notes for more information and connect with us online at eastsidethomasville.org. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Good Monday morning. We have made it to the week of Christmas I enjoy this time. My family's all gathered back at home again. I've got kids in Lynchburg, Virginia, working with Liberty University and one going to school there and then one daughter at Pensacola Christian, but they've all made their way home and we are enjoying having all the the chicks home to roost. Is that the is that the right phrase? All the I'm not um, sure what what, well, what roosts. One of them's a chick, I guess. Yes. <laughs> True. Sorry, I'm Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure my boys would appreciate the uh, <laughs> the references, chicks, but um, but uh, so glad to have them back home. Looking forward to celebrating Christmas with them and with our family in Orlando and in Tallahassee this week. So we'll be kind of scattered around. Pastor, you've got kind of a. I'm sorry, that just took dad jokes to a whole yeah. new level. <laughs> I feel I even feel bad yeah. for that one. <laughs> but uh, well, uh, Pastor Bill opened us up this morning, and so thankful to that. be here with you. Um, I'm Sean Jacobs. I'm the pastor here at Eastside Baptist Church, lead pastor, and we are joining you for this conversation in the Word of God today. My our our Christmas is a little bit different this year. Um, we actually had, I guess, kind of Christmas in October, and we were able to to get all of our kids. One, two, three. Three of them are married. And so I had three new son-in-laws and all of them were here with my daughters and the rest of my family for October and my mom and dad as well. They rent a house in Pensacola. That was a good time to get Mm -hmm. together. So we did our our Christmas then. This this Christmas would be a little bit different, especially for for mama Mm -hmm. that, you know, the kids are are flying the coop here and spreading their wings and we get to. We get the benefit of seeing what God is doing in their lives. I mean, I've got one daughter and son-in-law up in Cincinnati helping in a church plant up there. I have uh, another daughter and son-in-law in Togo, uh, missionaries there. And then I have another daughter and son-in-law here directing our youth. And just glad to see, and, and, and my other daughter who hasn't got married yet, but boy, she's, she's actively engaged in serving the Lord as well. And... My son just can't wait. He's he came he came eight years later, and uh, but he he's my little buddy right now and uh, partnering with me in, in many areas. Actually, I didn't tell you this the other day. We, he actually uh, we we decided on a song that we're going to start practicing oh, that's to awesome. sing. Yeah, that's so awesome. I won't tell you what it is. Yeah, so. <laughs> the uh, I, that that is the reward of uh, the fruit of your labor. It's good to see. It's good to see our children um, engaged in a a real walk Amen. with God. And that's, that's, I think the hope of every parent, uh, the prayer of every parent, hopefully our, our passion is, is directing our children into a faith that's real and genuine, uh, that leads them into relationship with Christ and that changes life that, that gives them purpose in life. And, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing when we can celebrate that. And I know many, yeah. many parents maybe have still some that they're praying toward. And, and the good news is that God's, God's calling them into that. And if we're faithful in the process of sharing, we can be part of the process of leading them into a genuine faith 
Sure. And, and by the way, I mean, our testimonies of our kids, they weren't without struggles either. Oh, no. You know, we, we got, I know we got the Facebook mentality. We just, <laughs> we give you all the good highlights, right? But hey, we, there's been struggles along the way, that's for sure. But just thankful that their heart has remained connected to the Lord. That's good. And uh, they're learning as they go. So we, we, can, we can have a, a podcast one day where we just kind of spill all the secrets about our, our children, and I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll love and that. And we'll leave so. that one on private mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. So, uh, so we are looking today uh, at the, the, the idea of um, coming out of a, a sermon that, that Pastor laid out for us on religious but lost, the truth of true religion and what that looks like. Uh, it's sad throughout Scripture we see evidences of men and, and women who were passionate in religion, who understood, um, who understood the need for salvation but missed the path toward salvation. And, and we saw in Mark chapter 7, out of this, this passage we read in the service, um, Mark chapter 7, we see an example of that. Uh, Jesus is, is speaking to uh, the scribes, or Jesus is around scribes and Pharisees, and they're watching Jesus with his disciples. And Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the the fulfillment of the prophecy that the Pharisees spoke of and read from on a on a weekly basis. Uh, and and they're watching him interact here with his creation. And in the middle of that, they call out Jesus for a violation of their rules, a violation of their standards of their religion, and and. The irony, um, the irony in that is they're calling out Jesus for his disciples not washing their hands, for not being purified in, in, a, in a ritualistic manner within the Jewish faith. And yet they were involved in the ministry of the one who, who, who truly provides true cleansing from our sin. And, and the Pharisees missed it. They were, yeah. they were standing in front of it and they missed it. And I think that's the danger uh, as we look at uh, religion versus faith, religion versus Christianity, the two, the two differences. Religion is man's attempt to elevate himself to a better position. And Christianity is a recognition by man through the grace of God that we can't elevate ourselves to a new position, to a better position outside of the work of God and the grace of God in our lives. So, Well, sure. And, and doesn't even, I mean, we're talking about this... Um, I don't know, did we say the theme, religious but lost? I did. I think okay. I said that title. Yes. Um, this whole idea of being in religion and how much it lacks at its very core, uh, because it's not according to truth, but even, even in a passage here in Mark seven, what did this create in these men? Very devout men, but what they had just, they had just become critical. Yeah. It says they found fault (laughs) and that man, that's, that is such a hallmark characteristic of, of Mm -hmm. when you're not in, I hate to sit, throw around the word religion as if it's bad. It's not supposed right, to be a bad right. thing. Um, you know, James even refers to it as pure, pure religion, religion. You know, but um, when our when our religion is not based on a relationship with God, it's so easy to get skewed in our thinking. And it, you're right. It, it absolutely becomes about elevating self, even in our service. Hmm. Yeah. And then we become right those Marthas. We become those people that our service is even about us. And when other people aren't serving, then it's offensive to us. And we're put off by that when serving for the Lord, service done, connected, and flowing from a heart for the Lord should give us that right thinking about why we're serving and who we're serving. It's, it's interesting. Um, I think there's a classic example of that Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 18. Um, 
he's he gives this parable of a Pharisee again, a religious a religious man, mm-hmm. a man who whose life was centered around the law of God, and then man's attempt to to fulfill the law of God within our own efforts. So a bunch of rules of man, and then on co- the contrast is to a publican, a publican, a tax collector within the Jewish culture, a man who is who is low, so a Pharisee high on the totem pole, high in the area of esteem. A publican low in the respect of his countrymen because he was a, a a servant of Rome, and both of these men come into the temple to pray. And Jesus gives this example. He says two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. This is Luke eighteen uh, verses ten and on. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. And it's interesting. I I, I like this. I like the. <laughs> he's he's in prayer. He's in the synagogue. He's in prayer. His. his his purpose in theory is to talk to God, but Jesus says the conversation is not with God. It's, it's, it's with himself and with those that are watching him. He says he has, he prays thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not like this other, that like other men are extortioners, unjust adulterers, and even as this publican, and you see him gesturing to the, mm-hmm. the gentleman next to him in prayer. And he lists out then his things that he does. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And then Jesus gives the example of the publican. The publican standing uh, also, or standing afar off, not willing uh, to lift up as much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. So we have this example. You're talking about how when we're not careful, when we, when we substitute uh, re- religion for relationship, we end up critical. So here, here, in the house of prayer, the Pharisee is involved in a conversation with himself about how bad the person is next to him and no mention of the greatness of the God that he's supposed to be serving. And, and so it's just an interesting. Yeah. And what, you know, what I noticed there too is which one of those people were authentic mm, in that yes. as it, as if the Pharisee somehow had it all together and he was all perfect in his righteousness, which he probably thought that that's, that's what's so blinding about, about religion so many times. Mm. But the, the one that was actually authentic, the one that was transparent about who he is and who he knew himself to be was the one that God was pleased with. And, and, and honestly, so both of their opinions of, of self was, was generated by where their eyes were, right? So where they're, Mm, so the Pharisee was looking at himself in contrast to those around him. So he has this, this conversation to, with himself about the publican next to him. And it says at the beginning of the publican's prayer, he wouldn't even lift his eyes up to heaven because he knew who God was and he knew where his position was before God. And, and that's what comes out of a relationship. Uh, you know, when we, when we um, at least a true faith, a true faith is generated out of a, a response to, to a biblical view of God. When God is, when God reveals himself to us as, as, the ultimate lawgiver, the the ultimate judgment of truth and of righteousness, and we honestly view ourselves in contrast to God. We can't help but be humbled, and 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 so that's that's the that's the heart of 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 a Christian faith is a a proper view of self in contrast to a proper view of God, and that's what we're called to. Um, and 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 so much of man's um, religion is centered around what. I can do to make to, to, to change the perception of self. And and that's what the, the, the Pharisee does in that prayer. He lists off his qualifications. And don't we often oftentimes do that? Come to God with how good we are, 
what we've done, how, we merit, how we've worked this week to merit um, recognition before God. Yeah, well, even in Matthew chapter 6, right, we have that other passage mm-hmm. about uh, the Pharisees. And Jesus in Matthew 6, 1, um, he says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And, you know, he goes on to how to give in secret and the Father will reward thee openly, uh, which is certainly important. It's, it's interesting to me. He says, don't give as the hypocrites do. And I had, so I'd ask myself, why, why does he say that's hypocritical to give that way? What, what about that method of giving here is hypocritical? So there's something they're doing. They're sounding these trumpets. We weren't there. We don't know exactly right. what they did, but... They made these big announcements that they were that they were giving, so other people knew that they were giving. So, what was so hypocritical about that? If we look at the soup and nuts, right? They weren't doing it for the Lord, right? They were doing it for men, which points back to religion again, unfortunately. Yeah, a false. So, hypocrisy is a is a um, is a false projection of who we are, and that's what it was. It was just a. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was called worship. But in the reality, a worship of God, and in reality, it was worship of self or promotion of self, and that's honestly, um, I think the struggle. I, I think the struggle within religious circles, and again, it, it's. I wish there was a better word to use, false religion, because um, religion is not necessarily I know, I, wrong I, I, in and of itself. Like but but within the within the, within the the hypocritical movement of religion, where it's man centered, it comes out of it just a, a a false view of God, and and. The sad, the sad end result. We're going to turn over to Romans in just a second. But the the sad end result. Jesus gives this um, example or this this commission in Matthew six that we just read. You move over to Matthew seven, and we see the end result of that. These hypocrites that spend their entire life doing works for self promotion stand before the judgment seat of Christ with a with a with a mindset that they've done enough to get into heaven. They, mm-hmm. They've done enough to reap the reward of God. And Jesus makes that that faithful proclamation: "Depart from me, I ne- depart from me, I never knew you." The end result of this man-based religion is is failure, and that it can only fail because we can't be righteous in ourselves without without the work of Christ in our lives. And we see that in Romans chapter ten. Uh, when we say Romans ten, um, many of us, if we've been around church at all. Uh, for any length of time, we, we, we think of the Romans road, Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13, classic verses working, to, uh, working out our salvation. But, but I wanted to go back today and just kind of start in Romans 10, 1. And, and Paul lays the, 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 the groundwork for 10, 9, 10, and 13 here at the beginning. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. My hope is, my prayer is, my desire is that Israel comes to salvation. And he says this about their current state. I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. So there's works, there's passion, there's excitement about God. Um, there's an excitement about religion. There's an excitement about God. But here's, here's, the, here's the, uh, the, the qualifier on that statement, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So Paul says there's a problem within their zeal, 
within their religiosity, within their, within their um, practice of, 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 of their faith, the problem is they don't have a proper view of God. They don't understand the righteousness of God. And the struggle with that is the righteousness of God is the standard by which we are, to which we are called, by which we'll be compared when we, when we stand before God. And so mm, all yeah. of their efforts end up in failure. No, you're and, right. And then out of that, so Paul, Paul walks through, um, jumping down to verse 6. This is Romans chapter 10, verse 6. He says, but the righteousness which is of faith, so the, the righteousness that we're called to speaks on this wise. This is, what it's, this is what it says. Don't say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from, from above. So don't say in your heart, what can I do to get to heaven? What can I do to accomplish heaven? Um, or verse 7, it says, or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Verse 9, here's, here's how we experience true relationship. Here's how we, here, we, we, we move out of religious but lost and into found and saved. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the righteousness of God that Paul says was missing in the earlier confessions, we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness, that righteousness that's offered through Christ, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. And so the end result of the, the, the impetus toward true faith comes from a proper view of the righteousness of God and a departure from a, a man-based, work-based, standard-based um, practice of faith that misses the mark when we, get, when we stand before Christ. Yeah, well, in those verses too, he, I mean, he points to the the heart twice, right? Uh, that if thou shalt, verse nine, thou, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart. Hmm. I mean, why did why did why did he need to say that? You know, why did he need to point to the heart? You believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Hmm. Well, that's why he had to say it because that's where true righteousness comes from, from a believing heart. That is uh, not like Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Right. There, or, I'm sorry, or verse 3, three where, where they're yep. trying to, going about to establish their own righteousness. But this is the opposite of that. This is a heart that has submitted unto God, unto his righteousness. You are the only way I can be righteous, Lord. You are the only way that this can be real. My walk with you has to be the root that all of this, everything I'm doing under the guise of religion has to flow from. Then we have what James would call pure religion, true religion. Which is interesting. The end results of those look similar to false religion. That Even that the, the Pharisee can, yeah. can yeah. yeah. The end results can look like tr- pure religion. The, the Pharisee talked about fasting twice a week and giving his tithes. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the works that are produced out of a, a, a saving faith, um, but the focus was the works and not on... The relationship and 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 we even see that in Matthew seven is Jesus is giving that condemnation of a false religion. He says um, he he declares them them lost and they 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 list their credentials. They list off all the good things they've done. So false religion can look can can bear the fruit can can have the trademarks of genuine faith, but it all goes back to that heart that broken heart that we saw in the publican, that heart of of humility and and submission to Christ that says I can't. I can't attain to your righteousness. There's nothing I can do and, and have mercy. And um, mercy is a beautiful word to, to consider as we, as we move toward the week of Christmas, just the reality yeah, of, God's, of God's love and goodness and grace to, to, to bridge the gap 
um, for fallen creation. So as we, as, we, as we consider, as we contemplate this week, as we travel to see family and friends, as we celebrate the, the trappings of Christmas, um, let me encourage you, don't lose, don't lose the, 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 the hope that Christmas offers. Don't lose sight of the hope that Christmas offers, the joy that comes out of that hope that God saw our desperate state. And in that, in that desperate state where we could do nothing to, to, to fix ourselves, God said, I have a solution. And he sent his son and that's, that's what we celebrate as we come together. So as we, as we travel this week, we'll pray for safe travels for our church as people, as people go to visit family and, and friends. Uh, we pray that you have a blessed time of travel, a great, a, a great time with family and friends. But through it all, may we just find, like, find ourselves like the publican, prostrate before God, humbled before God, and acknowledging God's mercy, God's goodness in our life. And out of that then... Rise up ready to serve and and ready to produce the fruit that comes out of a righteous life because we have a God who's made a way for a relationship through the gift of his son. Amen.